You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Twenty twenty two, we're still dealing with this crap. Look at this. According to the mayor of Haverhill, STEM and the t- two other shops currently open in Haverhill CNA stores on Full Harvest Moons are among the dealers across the state in a concerted effort to renege on agreements made with their host cities. We're talking about tonight STEM Haverhill versus the city of Haverhill. It's a shakedown, it's extortion. That's what I'm calling it. This is why our program sucks in Massachusetts and this mayor, man, just the stuff that they're putting out there, just a bunch of bullshit. Got some two two good guests. Uh, one who represents the small businesses in Massachusetts, cannabis businesses, maybe some of the larger ones too. But I I note that he he has a pretty good roster of uh, businesses that are associated with his association. Uh, unlike some other ones, so we're happy to have him on the show tonight. We've got two guests and. The other guest, she's coming back again on the show, Caroline uh, Pino. She is the owner of STEM Haverhill. She's suing the city of Haverhill. And it's about these extortion fees. Now, put in mind, each city and town in Massachusetts that opens a dispensary gets quite a bit of money from their host community agreement. Additionally, there's these things called impact fees. And impact fees are supposed to be almost like an insurance policy. Something really goes wrong. If there's extra costs to the city, they can can get some extra money. But the city of Haverhill, to me, isn't doing that. They're making up stuff. And you can see it with statements like this. Kind of where they're coming from with their reefer madness. So we're going to bring up David O'Brien and Carolyn uh, Pino, the owner of STEM Haverhill. What's going on? Hey, Mike. Hello. Was anything I said wrong about the introduction about what's going on right now? I think you pretty much nailed it in layman's terms. Hopefully. (laughs) I try to cut right to the chase. And, uh, you know, so you're suing the city of Haverhill right now. And there was uh, just, you know, the, the beginning parts of this where the city of Haverhill is acting like they won the whole court case because they won this kind of they they kind of won the preliminary thing. But from what the judge said, we're going to bring that up on the screen, too. We have that. But the judge basically, if you read the statement from the judge, I'd be very nervous if I was the city of Haverhill right now with your lawsuit. What's happening? Well, tell us what's going on with that. Yeah, so I think, you know, if you have read any of the recent articles that came out about this, about the judge's ruling, the judge's judge uses the word that he was constrained in his decision. Um, so I think the judge's own words um, basically indicate that we have a strong case. Um, if we didn't have a strong case, I don't think he would have used those that terminology. Um, but that more fact-finding is needed. Um, it's a, a high burden to have to prove a motion for summary judgment. We knew that going into this, that it was going to be um, you know, an uphill battle to win the suit this early on. Um, however, we always anticipated bringing this case to its fruition and the next step is trial. So we fully anticipate that in 2023, we will be going to a trial on this in Newburyport, um, Superior Court. 
Now, the, I mean, the judge did say quite a bit in his uh, summary finding. He said, we're encouraged. Uh, actually, that was a, a statement from you guys. But he, he actually, I'm trying to find his actual statements because I, I. Down I, at I just the bottom, if you scroll down there. there. Yep. Did I already pass them? Oh, yeah, you already passed right there. To be sure. Uh, the there city's it is. You got it. To be sure. To be the, sh- yeah, yeah to, I'll, I'll read it. To be sure the city's efforts to, to date to justify the nearly $700,000 in excess impact fees in its two-year period as reasonably related to anticipated or actual costs of the city has borne a result of STEM's operations appear somewhat anemic to the court. That was what the judge wrote. So he's basically saying like, yeah, you guys <laughs> really don't have much here. It's anemic. It's anemic. That's not good. Uh, he also said that uh, he added McNabb's list of shortcomings. This is your uh, people know who she is, Dr. McNabb, who testified. And uh, she has a list of shortcomings in the city's expense list. And her critique may eventually carry the day. So he's basically saying, like, you know, it looks like McNabb's stuff, the stuff that's being submitted, may win this case. He's basically saying that right there, right? Yeah, we take it as a huge win that he validated Dr. Marion McNabb's um, nearly 700-page report in which uh, she basically found um, no link between what the city is alleging for documented costs um, anticipated or actual has any relation to STEM. So the fact that the judge is pointing out that at trial, her report may well carry the day is very significant. And we think um, a really good sign. Yeah, David, you uh, you should definitely jump in here too now as well. Uh, yeah, so Mike, I mean, you, you have followed our work, I think, pretty um, studiously over the years. We've done two separate reports on this as Mass CBA. The first one was for um, community impact fees collected in its first year was $12 million. I think we issued that in the spring of 21. Um, And now our latest report that we put out earlier this year, um, I think it was earlier this year, um, the responsive communities had collected over $52 million, most of which they really couldn't justify. So this isn't just a Haverhill problem, it's a statewide problem, which it was why the uh, Cannabis Control Commission, individual commissioners, Steve Hoffman, Shailene Title, Britta McBride, uh, Kay Doyle, Jen Flanagan, I think to a person, they all agreed that the legislation, which finally got signed by the governor back in August, and the commission is in the process of writing regulations around, they, need, they, they knew that it needed to be changed and someone needed to be in charge the legislature put the commission in charge of being sort of the judge and jury on this. The rules were always that uh, a fee needed to be reasonably related and that Haverhill put together that joke of a consulting uh, memo to justify costs. And and I sat through the summary judgment uh, hearing um, a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, Caroline, and it, it, the, argument that the city makes that they're not sure what the costs are that I can say this because I'm not involved in the lawsuit. Um, they're unsure what the cost might be. So we'll just keep your money till we figure it out. In, in essence, is what they said is bullshit. You're absolutely right. Um, and there are so many people in this industry uh, rooting for Caroline to win this thing. Um, 
I think the communities, there's a reason why the city of Boston gave all the money back for HCA fees that they collected from the individual companies that had been operating within city limits. They know there was no extra expense. There's a reason why other cities stopped charging it. There's a reason why other communities are considering stop charging it and possibly giving the money back. Um, many communities still have this money set aside. So giving the money back won't be that big a deal. Um, and we encourage every municipality to see the light. They don't have to say they were wrong, but they do need to write the check. It's uh, so I'm glad you brought that up, too, because so many cities and towns are cutting back on the expenses. They know that this has been a rigged game for the rich and hurting small business owners and it's not helping customers. It's not helping anything to be just charging exorbitant fees on top of what are already high taxation uh, and the host community agreements. So like Boston's giving money back and this guy is going like well beyond anyone else. Uh, and I'm calling him this guy because I think it's the mayor of Haverhill. That's like 100% responsible. And, you know, we're actually uh, right now we're working on a few things. The young jerks. One of the things I'm going to lay it out of the bag tonight for our audience. One thing that we're hoping to do. And we don't even know if this is a done deal. And the only reason I'm announcing it tonight is because this mayor has pissed me off so much. I've decided to include him. We we did a uh, Young Jerks award show a few years ago, and it was pretty it was awesome. Right. You know, prior to covid happening. And it was a great time. We've been holding off on doing another live event like that because of COVID and things like that. And just, you know, life. But we're thinking about actually doing another one. We're, we're looking into a venue. And I'm going to throw it up right now. I want to ask our audience, too, because, uh, you know, we usually do the best of, you know, the best politician, the best electeds, the best businesses. But I think sometimes we need to do sometimes the worst. And I think the mayor of Haverhill, is, uh, he snagged himself in a, an award nomination from us, the Young Jerks Award nomination for the worst elected politician in the state of Massachusetts. So I just want to throw that out there. Do people think that's OK? Uh, and if not, if not him, who who's worse? Who's worse right now in Massachusetts? Because this to me is really it's gross. It's really disgusting that he's throwing up people to claim that it's an opioid like uh crisis that they're worried about and they're just not dealing with the reality it's like trumpism it's like you're making stuff up just so you can keep the money that's what it is you want to keep the money and you're making up stuff and and, and am i right on this do you guys both agree with me on that carolyn what do you got to yes, say yes i i think the the discouraging part of this and something that i'd kind of like to segue into is the um the importance of what the state designates as economic empowerment applicants. When I went through this process, I was one of 122 um, participants in the state that participated in the economic empowerment um, program. And it's not like there's a million of us. There's 122, a limited amount. And the policymaking around uh, the nature of HCAs very much is supposed to help economic empowerment applicants. And this mayor is doing the exact opposite of what that intentionality of the law was and what the law says, um, that cities and towns are supposed to work with economic empowerment applicants, social equity applicants. 
even in the new law that was recently passed and is now in effect, cities and towns are mandated to um, write up how they're going to work with social equity and economic empowerment licensees. So I find it very disingenuous in the city's comments and particularly their comments of late um, and haven't even reached out. So I think being that I'm the only economic empowerment applicant in Haverhill and I'm having to sue my community in order to get them to follow the law, I think shows the very um, disingenuous nature of all of the commentary that they um, would like the public to believe about, you know, me possibly reneging on an agreement that I made with the Haverhill with Haverhill. I've never said that I would not pay these fees. I've asked for proper documentation as required by law, and we've still yet to get it to this day. And what we have received instead is a manufactured report. And we had the only reason we received it is because we filed litigation and we had to wait three months for it after it was due. The new law says that the cities and towns have just 30 days to produce this documentation. We are still waiting five months after our second annual license renewal to receive this documentation from the city of Haverhill. So they're not going to be, get, be able to get away with it in the future moving forward. The legislature has really zipped up the language around what is permissible and what is not. But that does not mean that the previous law did not still make mention of this. The city of Haverhill is just trying to, I think, play in the gray gray area because they don't want to give the money back right you agree with that david i do yeah i mean they're 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 a sham of a um consulting report that they had done um it's laughable i don't know i don't know how else to refer to it reefer madness yeah it's 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 I, on the one hand from a policy level i get that there was all this fear in the beginning um, I, I helped found Mass CBA, but my sort of first step into cannabis was back in the spring of 2017 when uh, I worked for Weed Maps doing East Coast government relations. And the fear at the municipal level at the time was this, this may result in a lot of extra costs for us. So we need this insurance policy, as you referred to it, um, to cover us. And that was all well and good, but it was always supposed to be reasonably related up to 3%. The problem was law firms, KP law in particular, um, went to all these small municipalities, did a cut and paste um, HCA and said, round it up to the full 3%, collect the 3%, make them chase you. And that's exactly what's happening in communities. Um, The smart communities are getting it and they're saying, you know what, let's sit down and have a conversation. So let's, let's sit down and have a conversation will be required because every year upon renewal, the commission's going to say to Caroline and say, hey, your HCA is out of whack in Haverhill, go fix it. And we'll go tell the city on your behalf, you need to fix this because it's not compliant going forward. So it's there's a bit of leverage, but we're hoping that uh, education and shame will wake people up at the municipal level to doing the right thing that they should have done years ago. It's so funny because I look at this as like uh, like for a layman term again. I love that because I try to simplify things. This is like a security deposit. You rented a place. You got a security deposit. Now you're moving out of the place and they kept your security deposit and they won't tell you what needed to be fixed. They won't give you any information 
And they're like five months later, they're like, oh, well, we're still figuring out what you owe us. Like, that's not how things work. Like, there has to be a proper accounting and they're just making it up as they go along. You can just totally see it. And they're blaming things that are crazy, like uh, that the teen usage has gone up and that's how do insane. That? How do you, first of all, if you could, how do you prove that? What was the baseline? What was it to begin with and what did it go up to? Oh, well, and, kids say they're using it more. Come on. Yeah, and I, I just want to go on the record that we have not sold cannabis to a single minor. It's 21 plus, and we have right. one of the most highly regulated um, retail establishments in the state. So I, 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 I'm with David. Where's the proof of that? Yeah, and, and most science that we've seen on legalization in other states shows that, you know, like Colorado and California that the use teen use has gone down when you've legalized you've made it uncool you made it a thing that old people do not you know young kids anymore so it's not rebelling so that's what the science shows so i don't know where they're coming up with that that bs yeah and i think you know we only want what everyone wants it's for all cities in the commonwealth to follow the law and while this is a legal matter, policy also matters, as David indicated. And this shouldn't be up. This should be up to the 1.6 million voters that voted to uh, legalize cannabis, to sell it, to process it, to manufacture it, and to also economically empower. And we were one of the few. We are one of the few women-owned businesses in the state um, and uh, retail establishments, and also the only economic empowerment applicants. So no one should be treated like this, but let alone someone in an area of disproportionate impact, which the legislation is supposed to help uplift and economically empower. Um, Haverhill's really working against its own interest here. The law was designed to help Haverhill economically. Um, and I think it just shows that HCAs have been flawed from the get-go. The CCC and the legislature definitely recognized that there was a gap in language and clarity, and they have um, made concerted efforts to fix that. So it'll be interesting to see when the CCC releases its new regulations um, surrounding this. The um, and David can can kind of speak more to to what's to come from them, um, but it's going to only make it um, more and more difficult for cities and towns to get away with this legal extortion. And I think KP Law is probably trying to hold on for yeah, dear life. You, they're they're like holding the dam with you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Like it's so funny because they know it's leaking. They know that. Like I feel like he's an outlier. Like I feel like most municipalities. When they get that kind of pushback, especially when they're getting sued, uh, I don't think that they're going to go the way that Mayor James has gone. Like, he seems like he's an outlier. Do you feel kind of like that he's like he's kind of like on his own? Like nobody is going this hardcore on the impact fees at this point. I feel like. Am I wrong on that? What do you think? Uh, you guys are the experts. What no, do you I, I, don't, I don't think any communities are going this hardcore on it. Um, but no, no operators raised their their head above the firing line like Caroline has to stand up for her own rights. I mean, I was talking to her earlier today, and this whole notion that in order to just be in business and not have to overpay for some made-up um, impact that you don't have on your host community, you have to sue and spend money just to to sort of get back what's yours. It just it's annoying. It's annoying and it's um, it's troubling. And to, to Caroline's point, she spoke of the hundred plus uh, economic empowerment applicants that were in the that are in the pipeline. 
and there's over six or 700 um, social equity applicants that are in the pipeline that have gone through, I think now they're on their third cohort. Only about two dozen of those, Mike, you should know, are open for business. Economic empowerment, social equity, some women-owned, some veteran-owned. When you add in DBE and, and uh, disadvantaged business enterprise, it may go up to three or four dozen, but it is not a huge list. So this is a rock star businesswoman who used to own a yoga studio and did very well with that, starting this business, fighting her neighbors to open her, her business where she is. And then the city comes down on you and says, hey, you owe us for this and don't ask any questions, little girl. Like literally, little girl. Like she's a young woman, she has two children, she has a husband, she's active in the community. Like, don't fuck with her. <laughs> you know, she's, she does, she's very good at what she does. And for a misogynistic government to sort of throw it back at her is really appalling. With the Young Jerks, we're speaking to uh, Caroline Pino from STEM Haverhill and David O'Brien with the uh, mask, mask CBA. Did I say that right? Oh, I just removed him. I don't know what I did that for. Okay, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm pressing too many buttons on the uh, production studio here. But uh, I want to thank you both for being here tonight. I also wanted to ask a question about something else the uh, city made a statement on. Uh, you know, it, it's basically about the... They're making it look like... Uh, you know what? Maybe I should just read it directly from them because I know that they posted... Uh, it right in the story. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the uh, wrong thing, but basically they were saying, they made it seem like you're not willing to settle with them, that there's an all, or, I think they use the words all or none. Do you want to make that's, any comments on that? Yeah, that's what they say. Um, I find their comments extremely disingenuous that they're willing to negotiate. Um, they say they're willing to negotiate, but we've yet to hear a legitimate offer. So I would turn it back to the question, what is their offer? Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, to the, to the extent that the city would be willing to, to speak further, I mean, I'm all ears if there's a good faith offer. Um, like David said, I am a young mom of two beautiful children here in Haverhill. My husband and I live in this community. We donate to charities because we feel like it, um, not because anyone tells us we have to do so. We're very active in our community, and we think that our community should simply follow the law. Um, I... I think our reputation in this business community and what we care about is very apparent. And I just don't understand why the city has doubled down on a woman owned economic empowerment applicant to uh, make a case of as to why they um, should keep their fees. And I think they've not only doubled down legally, but also personally. And um, I just think, um, you know, we're doing good work. We're working with people. We're uplifting um, our employees. We're giving them incredible opportunities and doing a lot of other creative projects in the community through the good of cannabis. Um, so it's just very disheartening. And so I find those comments very disingenuous. Yeah, it's definitely the, uh, 
the people of Haverhill don't feel that this way. This is what's interesting, where the government acts one way and the people of Haverhill, because we can see it on the Facebook posts. We've you know supported you with the protest in the past just to get open way back. And we felt like it's funny for me because I wasn't sure how Haverhill would act because I kind of, you know, I grew up in uh, Byfield, Newberry, Mass. And we used to go to Haverhill. We had a lot of friends in Haverhill. We played sports against Haverhill. But one of my earliest memories from Haverhill was my younger brother struck out like 10 kids in a little league game and the moms attacked him. It was crazy. Like there was a, like he didn't get in a fight with the, the other team. He got in a fight with the other team's mothers. Like it was like, he's like 12. So like we got run out of town because my brother was too good of a pitcher back then. So like Haverhill's always been a town that kind of like, you know, a little bit, it's a little bit, you know, tough. It's a tough town. Let's put it that way. And so I didn't know how they would feel about cannabis. And every time I see, especially around STEM and you, they were like all out. Like it was like all positive. And you showed me some of the comments even, you know, lately from some of the things that you've done uh, just from the community and people support you big time. And I don't think they support the mayor as much as they support you on social media, at least from what I see. Do you kind of feel that way too, Caroline? Yeah, I feel really supported by this community. I think um, through proper education and now, you know, we're in our third year of business um, with anecdotal empirical data that there's been no issue. I think people feel a lot more comfortable with cannabis in their community and it recognized that it was here well before legalization and we're not adding anything new to the community. Um, you know, I just think it's 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 very interesting um, like that this kind, you know, you had the the comment on the screen, the bring a crisis of opioid like proportions. You know, what are the pharmacies in town um, doing in terms of impacts? Are they being called dealers by the, uh, you know, the mayors of their communities? What are they doing for youth education? Um, I just think it's 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 an outdated prohibitionist mindset and it's 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 running out of fashion because it's it people know that it's nonsensical and they're not they're not buying into it anymore i don't think that the the mayor's commentary his positioning is relevant anymore and um and people are getting sick of it and in the courts because you know the mayor they're not listening to the mayor in the court case they're listening to Mar uh, marion mcnab the doctor who they tried to keep out and and the the judge found her to be a very competent expert witness uh he praised her so i mean he he also said he uh, she appears to have sufficient qualifications to offer testimony on the subject matter i mean this is uh going to be a very interesting court case Where, when is this like when do you expect to see the rest of the trial happen and what's your expectations for it from both of you let's start with uh, David first. Uh, I, I'd like it to start tomorrow, but I don't think it's timely yet. Um, it, it, it's all, Mike, it's also worth noting while um, I am proud to stand by, stand behind, stand next to, hold her on our shoulders uh, as a representative industry of industry in this fight. She didn't go looking for this battle. They came at her and said, give us another check. Keep giving us money. And she said, well, wait a second, this doesn't add up. Like, can I, I, I want to push back. Show me the show me the receipts is what we say in the industry. Um, and after the, the governor signed the bill back in August, I happened to be talking to one of the smaller medical now adult use companies 
smaller to medium sized companies, Massachusetts born and raised company. I said, what are you gonna save on the HCA? They said a million dollars a year. I said, a million dollars a year? That is, can you imagine what you could do with a million dollars a year at any company or $350,000, $400,000 a year? You can do with it what you want because it's your business. That's the point. Somebody else shouldn't decide what they do with your money and make up like reasons to pay more police because while well, we had to do the math out of the out of the budget and you know say we're buying holsters, it's such bullshit. I mean, it's it's, it's such a stretch. Um, so I don't know when it's being planned. Uh, Caroline has a more insight into that, but I'll I'll be I'll be in the pews as they say um, for the for the for the trial. And what do you have to say, Caroline? Yeah, so the trial, um, we are very hopeful, will take place next year. Um, we're hoping to get scheduled for that shortly. Um, and so I'll keep you posted um, on when that gets scheduled up. Um, but essentially, we're just asking for our fees back because there have been no documented costs associated with our business that we have seen. We have given the city ample opportunity to present that information. They have not been able to do so. And that's what a jury or a judge will decide ultimately. Um, and I think that it's important for our industry um, to take a stand. This is not something I really enjoy doing. There's many other things I'd prefer to be doing with my time, but because it's the right thing to do, I'm gonna keep charging forward with it. It's important, it matters to what we're trying to accomplish with our business so that we can pay our employees more money, so that we can invest in other business ventures with our staff, so that we can continue to economically um, participate in an engaged manner in the Haverhill community. Um, these are all things that the initial legislation um, you know, was created to uphold and enhance, yet um, you know, we're, we're just fighting for the ability to be able to, to truly um, you know, be, have access to that money and be able to do what it was intended to do. Now, if there had been all of these crazy expenses, again, we would have paid them. Um, but there just haven't been. They haven't materialized. And we just want the city to follow the law, plain and simple. Um, there's no documented costs. Give us our money back. And we can all continue focusing on better things. Now, part, yeah, of, the you know, problem, part of the problem, Mike, is when KP Law went out there and cut and pasted all these HCAs for all their communities, everybody started at 3% of gross. It was just max it out at 3% and then we'll we'll deal with the details later. When in fact, what you should do is start at zero and say, this is what I think you cost me and then have a conversation about it. There, I have not met a, a single licensed operator in the state, whether they're a single store operator like Caroline or a vertical and a medical company that's been around for eight or 10 years that doesn't say I will pay my fair share and then some. But this notion of you have to go to them and say, mother, may I, on the 3% you've already paid them and say, hey, you know, I don't really think you proved to me how you spent my money. And they're like, yeah, well, we did. Like, wait a second, start at zero and add it up. It's closer to thousands of dollars, perhaps tens of thousands of dollars, but not hundreds of thousands of dollars in every community. And what I don't know if you remember the story from Northampton when Netta opened, Northampton actually double charged them for the police details. The Globe wrote a story about it. It's like, well, that was supposed to be included in the 3%. What are you doing? Right. So it's like, there, 
There's a lot of double dipping happening. A lot of double the, dipping going the, as, on. As Dr. McNabb points out in her report, there's a lot of double dipping going on in the city of Haverhill's MGT um, analysis report that they uh, manufactured and um, pawned off as uh, the required documentation. Um, so that will all get taken care of and dissected at trial. So I'm really confident that we will prevail and get all of our money back when we get there. Um, but I just think, how can you... As the city of Haverhill, how can you economically empower an economic empowerment applicant if you are extorting them just because you can? That's That just seems against the very essence of what this whole program, the legislation was the intention of it all. Um, so I just want to keep highlighting that because uh, I, I just don't know why they're doubling down on this. Yeah, it's weird too because I'm glad you brought you know what we brought up too about you know the, I want to read this uh, in her statement. Randazzo, this is uh, the uh, city of Haverhill's attorney, said they would accept something less than the amount it charged, saying it would agree to a mutual agreeable compromise. This is the kicker, though. It goes on. This is from uh, uh, WHAV.net. Uh, the kicker is the city's lawyer, however, did not detail what form a compromise would make. I, I find like that's so reckless at this point. You've you've had this first, you know, this big hearing. You've heard the judge say you're probably going to lose this court case because your documentation is bullshit. You know, you've got this witness against you that's an expert that's pointing out that your documentation is bullshit and non-existent. It really looks like you're going to lose this court case and you haven't even made an offer for a compromise. Like I, I, that to me seems really strange. Like that they should at least have made an offer to you. Don't don't you think so, Caroline, at this point? Uh, well, I can't comment too much on that, but what I can say is while the city is saying that it's willing to negotiate, what is their offer? What is their offer? Um, we'd be all ears. David, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'd love to be in the room for that and tell them they should start at zero, not 3% of what they've kept. Um, I, I mean, you never negotiate against yourself, right? So to say, you know, they're going to offer, let us keep 75% of the money. And then you say, no, how about zero? Um, I mean, do they actually think they're going to be able to talk you into keeping half of this money? I mean, it's, it's, if, yeah, they think they're, if they think they're justifying getting every penny, why would you offer something? Right. Yeah, I just think I think they're listening to their attorneys at KP Law and they've probably told all of their clients, KP Law, that they can get all of this money, this three percent right, without right. having to document it. And now they're having to go back and scramble and they're just probably mad. Their little anti marijuana gravy train is coming to an end. Let's yeah. hope. Yeah. Well, I wish you both, you know, wish you the best of luck on this. And again, you're you're a hero for fighting this, Caroline. For yeah. all the businesses, for the consumers, because we're all getting extorted in Massachusetts. It's so clear. The cost is too high, and and and, and this is a perfect example to me. This mayor has raised his hand to be that guy, to be that guy that we're going to nominate the worst politician. We may give you an award, James Mayor James of Haverhill, worst politician. I mean, that would be fun. That would be a fun party. Uh, I, I, I remain hopeful on this, Mike. I, I, 
people are capable of learning and changing their minds. And I am hopeful through this legal process that the city of Haverhill sees the light, uh, as does every other community across the Commonwealth. Because if the court bears out or the city of Haverhill says, you know what, let's end this. Um, Give your money back. Um, I think it's, or the court rules in, um, in stems in Caroline's favor, I think it's going to send shockwaves through the state and everybody's going to, the, the, the check writing pen in every community is going to be out. Yeah, I think that that would happen. What, what do you think, Caroline? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very hopeful that we will prevail at trial. I think the other really interesting thing to note is that under the new law, because I'm an economic empowerment applicant, the city of Haverhill actually receives an additional 1% in tax revenue from my business um, and or in fees from, from the business instead of 3%. And that is because of the designation that I qualified for. Um, and so, you know, they can't have it both ways. Um, and in turn, we get zero added benefit. Um, so I'd love some insight from the city on on that component um, and how they're going to remain in compliance in the future. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Um, uh, you, I'm sure you have some final thoughts tonight about this or even just about what you're doing or how people could reach out to you. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyone can reach out through um, STEM's Instagram page at STEM Haverhill. Um, I'm, I manage that page and um, we'll get, get right back to you. Um, but we are just so grateful to have so much community support. It's not comfortable having to speak out about um, your host community, the community in which you live and your kids go to school. Um, but because of the, the support that we've gotten from the cannabis industry, um, from our customers, and then from just friends um, and other elected officials in the community that stand with us, um, because we have felt that support so much, um, it's really enabled us to keep going. And, um, you know, we're fighting for ourselves and our business, but also because we believe that no one else should have to go through this. And we recognize that every one other operator in the state, however big or small, is going through a similar battle. And a lot of these smaller operators like ourselves, they can't afford the legal fight. And so if we can all work together to try to um, get some resolution on this quickly, I think it's going to be the best thing for this industry, the best thing for consumers and best thing for, you know, cannabis and ending the stigma here in Massachusetts. Awesome. Carolyn Pino from STEM Haverhill, the owner of STEM Haverhill. Uh, and David, I'm sure you have uh, some final thoughts and how people can reach you as well. Yeah. So we're at masscba.com. And uh, if you want to read either of our two reports that we did, it's under the news tab. Um, lest we um, fall asleep at the switch, we got uh, legislation passed after fighting for five years, particularly for the HCAs and the Social Equity um, Trust Fund. And we are further excited about the next regulatory round because the commission is in in the throes of looking at what uh, can be modified or reformed in the regulations, some of which is the legislation itself. So um, companies or individuals wanting to get involved with that with, that with us, uh, go to masscba.com and uh, fill out the contact form. Awesome. And you can see uh, the report. I just posted it up there. You can see it on the screen there. Read the report. This is the Massachusetts Host Community Agreements Analysis 2.0 just came out in June. It's worth reading. He's got two reports on this page. There's also a report from UMass Boston 
This is all about the host community agreements, all everything that we're talking about tonight. MassCBA.com. I want to thank you so much, uh, David O'Brien, and I want to thank as well Carolyn uh, Pino for being on the show tonight. Thanks so much for having us, Mike. It's it's fun as always. (laughs) Thank you. I just cut off David. I'm sorry. Uh, We're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. Uh, I also wanted to just briefly thank Laura Saylor of the Mass Workers Party uh, for supporting the Young Jerks. We have uh, quite a few supporters on our Patreon page and uh, midnightmass.substack.com and anchor.fm and uh one of the things uh one of my advisors suggested is that we start thanking one every show we've been trying to do that so i want to thank laura saylor of the massachusetts workers party she's been a long time supporter of ours keeping the show going there is a cost for us we do have some uh, liability insurance as well as uh the cost for the stream yard so i want to thank laura saylor for keeping us going uh she's a good friend as well uh, again we're the young jerks uh we're here every once in a while when we feel like it there was something else I wanted to talk about too tonight, but I can't even remember. But uh, I should have both asked them, I guess, you know, what can they do to help, you know, them in this fight? Maybe if you live in Haverhill, I think one of the things you should do is contact this Haverhill mayor, the city council, and say, hey, what the hell are you doing? Why are you charging so much uh, for fees that aren't real? You're making up stuff. You know, give them back their money. We're the Young Jerks. I want to thank everyone for being on the show, all all our listeners tonight as well, and all our supporters. We'll see you real soon next time.